Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Seary. Uh, As always, I want to start this off with saying I thank you for being here, thank you for tuning in, thank you for your uh, support, I really appreciate you. Something that could help myself out uh, as a Nero spicy person a lot of times is struggle with self-promotion. I don't have that salesman gene in my body where, you know, the ones that they don't understand when it's time to stop talking and they just keep going until they make a sale. Yeah, I don't really have that. So promoting myself and selling myself is one of the harder things for me to do. So your help would be appreciated by copying, pasting the link to this podcast into your own network so it can expand the reach. A lot more people could learn and hopefully grow from it. So last week we had Mitch Bone on as our guest. Mitch is a great guy, positive attitude, sunny outlook on life. Uh, Everyone should know Mitch, so they should get to know him, they should meet him and uh, take some tips on how to be an awesome person from him. He's all about sports from local high school stuff all the way up to the pros. If you love if you love sports, check out his podcast. Scroll on back to the previous episode. I uh, got them all linked in there. He's got some great insights on that. So this week we are taking a look at a concept <clears throat> a concept that some left of normals struggle with. And to be honest, I think most people struggle with this. It's called self-compassion. So it's kind of a bit fuzzy, maybe a bit gray, sort of unclear on exactly what self-compassion means. So we're going to start out with a few definitions here. Uh, It's fairly well known that those on the spectrum struggle with empathy, which I think is actually complete and utter nonsense. Empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And there are a couple other alternate definitions of empathy, so we're going to straighten this out real quick. I have been called empathetic in my writing. Uh, When I'm helping an author by ghostwriting their book, I don't hesitate to get clarification on something that they know very well, but their audience may not, for example. If they're writing a book about accounting and taxes, and they spout out some accounting lingo, rules, laws, whatever, uh, they don't really think twice about it, but the reader might not be able to understand it without going and actually looking it up. So when I'm interviewing them, getting ready to write their book, I stop them and I say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense to me as a non-accountant. If it doesn't make sense to me, it's probably not going to make sense to your readers either. Can you clarify this with less accountant-y words and more everyday words? It's just something I did. I didn't even really think about it. But when I explained that to somebody that I was potentially going to write a book for, they said that showed great empathy. That's not the empathy we're talking about here, though. Instead, empathy in the sense, as I defined earlier, is if your significant other dumped you, I can relate to the hurt feelings that you're feeling. If you have a tummy ache, I can relate to those feelings. I understand what you're going through and how it's affecting you, 
And I believe just about everyone on the spectrum knows this, understands this, and feels this. What we don't do well, however, is sympathy. Instead of empathizing, our outward display tends toward sympathizing. For example, you're hurting, crying about whatever, and I say, oh darn, that sucks. That's showing sympathy because I'm sympathizing and saying, you know, it truly does suck. But what I really mean it as is, is empathy. But to this day, I still don't know how to show empathy outwardly. It's just kind of just it's stuck right there in that uh, RBF. Moving on. Compassion is defined as sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. Now, that sounds to me a whole lot like sympathy and empathy. So as I was prepping for this podcast, as I was learning and researching, I didn't do any research. I just read a bunch of stuff. Anyway, I dug a bit deeper so I could get a better understanding of it all. Compassion takes those two feelings and wraps them up as an action. So if you're hurt and crying, I could show compassion by giving a hug. If you're sad because your teddy bear's arm fell off, I show compassion by helping you sew it back on. If I'm a judge and you break the law, I can show compassion by giving you a second chance and letting you off with a warning. All clear? Perfectly understood? Great. Okay, now let's move on to self-compassion. So based on what we just defined, self-compassion would be introspectively looking at ourselves through a sympathetic and empathetic lens, and then taking action on how to make ourselves feel better. So obviously self-empathy really isn't a thing. It's just, it, it can't be an issue because we know how we're already feeling and we understand how we're already feeling. We may not understand where those things are coming from or why, but we understand the actual feeling. Sometimes we'll take a step back in order to discover the why behind it all, but if you're feeling anxious, you understand the feeling of being anxious. And I have a previous podcast, actually, that talks all about these anxious feelings, anxiety, and how I use logic to just overcome a good portion of the anxious thoughts. Essentially, it just takes a little bit of time to figure out what is not getting done find that source, and reprioritize to eliminate the source of the anxiety. So anyway, self-sympathy really isn't that much of an issue either. Suppose I feel sad because I struggle with making friends. I empathize with myself because I can relate to feeling sad because I struggle to make friends. And I sympathize with myself because that sucks. And so I can say to myself, that sucks. However, I believe that a lot of people don't go the next step. They have the empathy for themselves. They have the sympathy for themselves. We know that we feel bad. We tell ourselves that it sucks to feel bad. And then just kind of wallow in this self-pity because woe is me. Everyone's against me. The world hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms. There's something I learned uh, a number of years back, quite a while ago. I had a friend that constantly complained about how she couldn't catch a break and how the world was against her and all this stuff. We probably all have those friends. You, 
They, they just complain about everything all the time and how they can't get ahead in life. And then they don't really do anything to get themselves ahead in life. As I listened to these complaints, as I attempted to empathize or sympathize with them, uh, I learned that the world really isn't against anyone. The world doesn't care about you. The world cares about themselves and really only themselves. Nobody's against you. But what we mistake is that there are few people that are actively rooting for you. There's a usually family and a handful of close friends that are going to go out of their way to support you. The rest of the world doesn't really care. They're trying to get ahead for themselves. And it's misinterpreted as being against you. So what this means is that when you have something going against you, health issues, social struggles, career difficulties, the first step is to empathize and sympathize with yourself. Something we've learned is not that hard to do. And then take compassion on yourself. Because compassion, if you remember from, I don't know, like seven minutes ago, is taking action to relieve the suffering that someone feels, that someone is yourself in the essence of self-compassion. And sometimes that just simply means forgiving yourself, but other times it means actively putting in the effort to move from wallowing in self-pity to wallowing in self-awesomeness. So here's where I see a lot of people on social media Kind of trying to emphasize this self-compassion thing, but they just kind of get it a little bit wrong because they're they're conflating self-compassion with self-affirmation. Now, self-affirmation is important, and it's part of the self-compassion uh, thing. The self-compassion uh, essence lost the word I was going to go for there. Anyway, it's uh, it's it can be misleading, though, and sometimes just, frankly, inappropriate. There's positive quotes that come up quite often. I scroll on through and kind of roll my eyes a little bit, and they say things like, you're amazing, you're doing well, keep up the good work, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's all lovely in that, but sometimes you're not doing well, and you're not doing good work. If you're battling addiction, you're not doing well. So if you self-affirm that there's nothing wrong with you and you're exactly where you should be and that you're doing great by indulging in the whatever you're addicted to, that just means you're affirming that the addiction lifestyle is okay. You're stuck in this lifestyle because you're affirming the wrong things. So instead, self-compassion isn't always... Uh, these lovey-dovey positive affirmations, it can be more along the lines of your choices didn't work out. Forgive yourself and then change something. Move towards being better. Then as you do better and you make the positive choices, let's say your addiction is getting drunk every night and you don't get drunk tonight, then you, your self-compassion can come in with those self-affirmations, those positive affirmations, and say, good job. You made a great choice. Praise yourself when you do better. 
but self-compassion also recognizes that you might need some outside help. It also practices gratitude. It strives toward peace. So it's not always just this pat yourself on the back because you're an awesome person, you're doing great, and keep up the good work. There's more to it than these eye-rolly, foo-foo quotes that people throw out on social media anyway. So how does this all play into being left of normal? Well, I think everyone can do better at self-compassion. We're all our own harshest critic. We all kind of look down on ourselves quite a bit. But it seems that those on the spectrum tend to do that a bit more, uh, in part because a lot of people on the spectrum are looked down on from outside eyes. So growing up, let's say you're on the spectrum and you don't know it and your family looks down on you for doing the quote unquote wrong thing because your brain just doesn't function that way. Now you look down on yourself and it kind of leads into and it grows and builds on itself. And because of a lot of the social difficulties that neurospicy people have, this can get us into that loop. So it looks like we struggle with connecting with people and making good friends. And that means we withdraw a little bit because we're trying to avoid the painful situation that getting putting ourselves out there gets us in. Which means we're not practicing social skills, and that leads to struggling with connecting with people. Then we see how poorly we're doing, and rather than practice some self-compassion, where we say, dude, that sucked, get out there and try a little harder, and then congratulating ourselves when we go out and actually do it, we end up with self-pity and just start that loop over again. Go out, get frustrated, isolate, and never trying to change. That compassion is all about taking action. So when we're thinking, well, when the thinking processes aren't clear to begin with, uh, such as with the spectrum brain, the left of normal brain, it's hard to recognize when the empathy, sympathy, and the compassion actually need to come into play. It's hard to take that step back and say, oh, if I fix this area, that will flow and in, overflow into this, that, and the other areas. In other words, you got to derail that loop and bonk yourself out so that you can keep moving forward. So what I see this boiling down to uh, all around, whether uh, you're self-compassionate or just compassionate, is be more kind. Be kind to each other. Be kind to yourself. We all know the golden rule, treat others as you would like to be treated. Uh, and a lot of us try to follow that as much as possible, unless people are just acting like complete idiots, then they deserve to be treated like complete idiots. Uh, anyway, but we we treat others well. We try to treat them with kindness, but then we treat ourselves like we wouldn't like to be treated. So if we fix that and we start to be kind to ourselves, showing a bit more compassion to ourselves and letting ourselves off the hook for our failures with the assumption that we'll do better next time or at least try to do better, it means we can break out of these loops and we can all move forward. So 
I don't know. This this all made perfectly clear sense in my head, and when I was mapping these thoughts and ideas out, they they flowed together really well. Then as I was speaking them, I don't know if everyone's able to keep up. What do you guys think? What do you what did you take away? Does this make sense or does it uh did I discombobulate you a bit more? Hit me up with a comment on this cast. Uh shoot me a Facebook message, tag me in an Instagram story, tweet at me, or my preferred method is scribble your response onto a sticky note and affix it to a first edition Charles Dickens novel and send it over my way. But for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, please like, comment, subscribe, join that Facebook community so you can ask questions and interact with other neurospicy people over there. And remember that those of us who are left of normal, we have compassion and the related empathy where the struggle generally is with displaying them appropriately. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.